Savvy Professor Podcast, two faculty who love tech and love to make it a part of their work. Uh, I'm Dr. Eric Perry and want to welcome you and, and thank you for listening. Hi, Eric. It's Marty, um, your co-host here on the Tech Savvy Professor. And we had holidays. We took a holiday break for a while. And uh, this show is is the post-holiday question and answer because we have some questions and answers to uh, deal with today. And also, uh, I've got an app uh, recommendation at the end of the show uh, that I think helped me out during the holidays. And we can we can talk about that. Um, how was your holiday? How did things go? Great. I mean, I, it was nice to have a break overall. <laughs> Spend some time with the kids. I got I got some new tech, actually. Um, I got a new set of uh, Arctis SteelSeries headphones, which is really, really nice. Uh, they're USB. They're compatible with uh, PC, uh, if you're a gamer, PlayStation, Xbox, pretty much everything. They, they're really fantastic quality sound and, and they're wireless. Um, so you can switch between actually using wireless or using Bluetooth connectivity, which is nice because I can use them then for um, my PC uh, via USB. Uh, it has a little transponder that comes with it. And then uh, my tablet uses Bluetooth uh, to connect. So I can actually set up connections for all these devices and, and switch between them really seamlessly. Um, so they're a lot of fun, but it's, it's, it's interesting before we started this, this talk that we're having now, I'm actually on my old set of headphones because I couldn't configure the mic properly for the tool we're using now. Um, so it's, it's, I still got bugs to work out, but it's still a pretty exciting gift. How's the sound quality? If you have any idea in terms of wireless versus wired versus Bluetooth? It's gotten a lot better. I mean, it's, it's much closer to what you'd find uh, in a really uh, higher end wired headset. Um, and I think a lot of that uh, Bluetooth is, is a lot of the reason for that. You actually get a better sound quality via Bluetooth than you do using other wireless technologies, which is a huge switch from what we're used to seeing. So, you know, it, it's things like putting it on and, and, you know, if I'm watching a video, I can hear that directional sound really clearly. And, you know, they're noise canceling as well, which is really nice. Good, good. My holiday was not as tech involved. I was praying, well, it was tech involved, but, you know, I was hoping to look at a new line of IMAX for the fall because I have an IMAX that's been running, still running strong for about, it, it's going on five, it'll go on five years coming this spring. And I was looking to upgrade to a new iMac and Apple has delayed putting one out for that purpose. But uh, as I do, I like to play with the developer versions of software, which is dangerous to do. They always say it's dangerous to put developer software on your primary working computer. Well, yeah, I did. And I could not upgrade to the full version of it. And I said, well, during the break, what I'm going to do is clean all this off and get the, you know, get the new full version on every year or so you need to wipe your computer clean anyways. It's good practice and reload the operating system. So I said, I'll do that during break. Sure enough, on Christmas, I was trying to turn on the computer and it would not boot up all day long. And I said, well, looks like it's been forced upon me. So I had to uh, wipe the drives both completely clean. And by drives, 
the uh, Mac that I have has a fusion drive. So it has uh, like a, a flash drive and also has a uh, disk run drive too that holds most of the materials. So I back up like crazy. I have redundancy with my backups. I use the cloud extensively. So all of everything that I work with gets stored in the cloud and I'm working with it on my computer and if or whatever system I'm working on, it's there and available for me in the cloud. So it's less frightening uh, and less of a task than it used to be um, in the years. But that's how I spent my holiday a good three or four days trying to recondition this uh, computer. And now it's running like a top. And I, I feel even more guilty about wanting to get a new one. But I, I have little fears about it happening that so that way. So it, my holiday was, uh, come around, enjoy the holiday. We got the family over. Let's, and all I can think of is this crashed computer that's in the den that I'm working on right now. It so. made me sweat a little bit when you started to talk about it, honestly. <laughs> it's, I think I go back to those days when, when we didn't have the cloud. We didn't have yeah. you know, that. I had a backup flash drive or I had a backup, you know, external hard drive that was you know, way too much money. Um, you know, and now, like you mentioned, if you're careful about it, if you're really good about it, it's, it's much, much easier. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned it, too. We had uh, my wife is is. PTO president this year. And as president, they gave her this little flash drive that contains everything, uh, the, the entire history of the parent-teacher organization, all their forms and activities. There is no duplicate copy. <laughs> and she tells me this prior to showing me the device, which is nearly cracked in half. Oh, man. Uh, and it's one of your traditional kind of stick device, uh, USB drives, and, and you can actually push in and push out the uh, connection, right? You're supposed to shield it a little bit, um, but you can feel the bend in there when you try and, and put it in the USB drive. And, and of course, it's nothing I have is recognizing it, right? And there's there's really no way to recover these files short of a physical fix. You know, there's there's times when you can wiggle it a little bit and you can get those little connections in there to make contact. Um, this one is just done. So we, we actually had to find a local uh, tech service that's willing to open it up and resolder those connections. Wow! To put it back in, and and we actually we got a couple of quotes. And I, I live in an area; it's, it's not a, uh, not really an urban area. I, I mean, we have some urban areas relatively close, but it's about an hour drive to anywhere, um, you know, any big city area. So we only have a few people to choose from. And, and the cheapest quote we got just to try to fix the device with a, a low likelihood of success was in the neighborhood of $150 to resolder those connections because it's very minute, very tiny mm -hmm. work. Um, and needless to say, it's, it's very, very important files. So, you know, it, it's one of those kind of lesson learned things. And, and she actually asked me to come in and talk to the principal about ways in which they could uh, back up and store their their data. So, what's the status right now? Have you turned it over to the the uh, business to try and fix it? Did you even try to to get it to run at all? So, I, I opened it up uh, and saw that the the connections were broken. After I tried it in a few devices, I tried wiggling it around a little bit to get it to make contact. Um, when the, it just wasn't recognizing it all, I did open it up, open the case up, and, and see that those connections were broken. So right now we're just kind of waiting it out and seeing what happens. I think it should be should be done in another couple of days or we should have an update uh, by the end of the week. How can 
that go on so long without anybody thinking about the necessity for redundancy in their data? Well, it's almost like a, it, because it's a parent teacher thing, it's, it's a volunteer thing. It's just kind of been passed from, uh, you know, in this case, parent to parent and president to president. And it's, it's almost been a rite of passage, like, oh, you're the president, you get the flash drive now. Right. Uh, and nobody has really thought to to back this up anywhere. And, you know, the, the school itself is not very tech savvy. It's it's a private uh, parochial elementary school. So, you know, they, they just don't they're not very. I don't want to say they're, they're just they're still kind of in the paper world quite a bit. I'm amazed by this, but I'm also wondering, maybe we're thinking in a different world about data than you know, those folks who are using it and passing it uh, onto each other every year that we wouldn't think about not having some type of copy somewhere, even if it was on someone's physical computer to be able to get, let alone have it in the cloud. Right. I, I did a consultation for an attorney one time who had those, it was still special ordering the triplicate files that he would write on so that he would have three copies that he could pull off the two carbons and the original that he could put in different places as his backups, right? <laughs> and he's like, well, so how do I do this with a, a Word document? You know, how do I have my triplicate? Because he wants it saved three places. He wants to know three places that he can have it, that if one fails, he'll have the other two, which actually became a really good analogy for us in looking at the cloud, uh, his physical storage on his device, and then you know a flash type uh, solution that, that he could store all three of these places. and really having that cloud option that automatically synced things for him was really helpful. Uh, but it became a really good metaphor. And I, I think as much as, as we're engrossed in this, uh, you know, speaking for us, it, it's interesting to see how much of the world actually hasn't moved on from that place that, that are still kind of working in that, that paper space, right? And how many places lie in between. Yeah. And I think that's a, for folks who are in faculty roles, that's a, a word of warning for you for whatever documents you're working on to, to kind of have some redundancy. I try not to keep my materials stored on my university computers. If I do have it stored on a university computer, I also have it redundant, some redundancy somewhere um, in my own system, in my own drive. Um, so start to think about, you know, the beginning of the year is, is a lot of resolutions. Uh, start to think about ways in which you can better protect your data from things. I've washed those. I've, I've put a pair of pants in the washer with those flash drives on before and run them through the dryer. And they've come out and I'm going, oh, no. And they've worked. Uh, <laughs> I'm not suggesting that well, that'll work for everybody, but... It, they are pretty good at, at maintaining integrity if they can survive a, a wash cycle and, and a dryer for 40 minutes. And really, they're pretty resilient. I mean, it, other than a physical break, uh, they really are, are fairly res resilient. Um, you can, you know, throw them through a wash cycle and sometimes they'll be fine. Um, you know, drop them, you know, put some pressure on them. They, as long as they're not physically broken and those contacts are maintained generally you're okay. Uh, I don't advise walking it through like an MRI or something like that, but otherwise, <laughs> fine. Yeah. But the easiest thing to do is just take them and copy them onto a, another external hard drive and have backup of them, um, if not physical or in the cloud. 
So we did receive some questions. We have one question we'll tackle maybe at another time, which was a, a rather complicated one. But we did receive questions from our request for questions. So here's a caller. Hi, Eric and Marty. This is EJ from Kent, Ohio. I was just calling because I've enjoyed listening to your podcast and I've enjoyed the uh, information you have on to-do lists and note apps. But my question is, maybe you can give a suggestion to me uh, on good apps that would work for notes, uh, specifically for voice-to-text. Uh, a lot of times when I have my best ideas is when I'm driving in the car and I drive about 36,000 miles this year. So uh, I want to have something that's like easy for me, that's hands-free, that I don't have to mess around with a lot. I can just push one or two buttons and uh, get my ideas out so that I can save those as notes. Thanks a lot. So that was EJ, and he called us at our message line, 937-756-5140, and left us a question. And I'm curious, Eric, if you had any ideas for EJ's situation. Yeah, I have a couple. Um, one I really like is, is speech notes. Uh, it's been around for a long time. Seems to work really well. I actually just tested it again on my device. I, I had taken it off for some time. I, I work remotely primarily, so I don't drive a whole lot. You know, so I, I thought I'd load it up again and see how it worked, and it works great. Uh, actually, Evernote has an option to do this as well. Uh, I don't find that it's as uh, intuitive, but works just as well. And and for anybody that really wants the high end kind of solution, if you you do a lot of this speech to text and voice to text. Uh, Dragon Speak really is kind of like the the Cadillac Rolls Royce of uh, voice to text, right? Uh, they have an application called Dragon Anywhere, uh, which I think is available on both platforms. Marty, you may have to correct me if I'm wrong. I know it's available on Android, and uh, you know works really well. One thing to keep in mind, uh, I think when I tested these, uh, you know, I had a Wi-Fi connection, and you know, it, it does require, it's, it's not native, this, this text recognition is not native. So it does require a fairly good signal uh, for this to keep up in, in real time. Now, there's times where it will record and then it will translate to text later. Um, but I noticed that with speech notes, it was actively drawing on the connection to uh, put that out at the same time. So that, that's the, the couple with uh, Android that I've taken a look at. Oh, those are Android-based apps is what you're saying. Yeah, Speech Notes is uh, Evernote and Dragon Anywhere, I think, are cross-platform. Yeah, I haven't. I, I used Dragon um, and Dragon Anywhere for a while. It's expensive app, at least when I last time I looked at it. And I was desperate to try and get some way of being doing speech-to-text. And we can talk about this maybe fully on another show where we talk about speech-to-text as, uh, as a process. It was, it, it was a little clunky on the Mac side, and we kept hearing about how smooth it is on the PC side. Eventually, I found out that there's a simple adjustment that you can do, which is, I think, function two, and it will bring up a speech-to-app uh, window on, and on the Mac that will allow you to just go ahead and do that. And it's fairly good. It's as good as, as Dragon, uh, naturally speaking, and, and those kinds of apps. From the for the Mac side, the simple thing to do with trying to solve EJ's problem of getting notes to some place 
if you're using Evernote and you're using a device like an iPhone or some iOS device, so you can tell Siri to activate uh, or to save a uh, save to Evernote and then blah, 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 blah. And it will take that text and save it into your Evernote app as long as you've given it permission to do that. Um, there are other things with shortcuts that you can do that uh, are new on iOS devices that will allow you to set up shortcuts to take audio recordings and also send them to various other apps or various other programs that are on your system. And then there's another app that I would suggest looking at uh, from the iOS end, which has iOS and macOS compatibility. Um, so you find this app in macOS and iOS, and that would be Notability, which has a uh, audio speaker that you can use or an audio microphone that you can use for taking down notes. So those would be my suggestions for EJ on the or anybody on the Mac OS side if you want to do notes on the fly. And you bring up a really good point, Marty. And I, I think that's you know something that that maybe I went a little bit too far with, right? Because I was I, I had it stuck in my mind that I wanted this speech to text to happen while you're recording, right? Uh, when it's actually much simpler just to save the the spoken file, right? The the audio file and have it translated to text later, which is, is essentially what Evernote does, right? Takes that file and then can can transfer it to text later. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to do it in the moment. Yeah, I was uh, I tested it out yesterday knowing we were going to try and respond to EJ's question and um, went ahead and tried to do it directly through the Evernote app uh, and had a difficult time finding that on my, I, well, finding the way to do that on my iPhone. But then when I did it through Siri, directing it to the Evernote app, the first uh, question I got was, will you give permission for Siri to access Evernote? Once I said yes, they said, what would you like to say? I went ahead and said what I was going to say. And then later I checked Evernote and it was there uh, tran uh, transcribed uh, what I had said directly in an Evernote uh, note. Do you happen to know, Marty, what the, what the limits for recording are? Are they based on file size or are they based on just kind of like an arbitrary? I don't know that. My sense that EJ wanted to get some ideas out, so I didn't I didn't try to push it. Yeah, well, in, in looking at, at speech notes, well, one thing that drew me in was that it, it's unlimited. There's no file size limitations or length limitations in terms of dictation which I thought was really interesting because a couple others that I looked at and, and didn't even mention here actually had, you know, two, three, five minute time limits uh, that it would then shut you off. And then you had to create a new file um, for it to store each time, which I thought was a really interesting feature of speech notes that it would just continuously record. My guess is that would be limited to based on the space that you would have if that was saving locally or the signal that you would have if it was uploading to you know, the speech notes uh, servers. I, you know, and I'm not sure how, how long that would be on the Mac end side. Uh, I, it's nice to know that they have unlimited, but of course, then you have to deal with, do you, you know, do you have a strong, strong enough bandwidth to, com to get that to where it needs to go in order to be saved wherever you are doing that? And uh, EJ talked about driving around Ohio and looking for opportunities to do that with. And so he's going to be limited might be limited in particularly in rural areas. But uh, 
There are other simple, uh, of course, just microphone apps, uh, recording apps that you can use if you just want the audio file and you don't want the speech to text uh, sort of thing that we can look at. So we'll have these listed in the show notes on the web at the podtalk.net. You can find those and uh, we'll have the links to the apps that we we talk about, uh, have talked about today. And we'll uh, talk a little bit more about um, through the rest of the show. So do you have anything new or surprising for us in terms of apps? No, I mean, th- those were the big ones. I-, I-, I haven't messed around with a whole lot over break. Uh, to be honest, I've spent a-, a great deal of my time playing with my kids' toys. It's <laughs> really been th- the focus here. I haven't got to play with my, my tech a whole lot. We got a, a new Nintendo Switch and and... My daughter's really into anything crafty, so I, I think I've made uh, bath bombs, soaps, and tie-dye T-shirts for everyone we know at this point. Wow, that's uh, I, I had we got a new puppy, um, and th- you know I thought um, during break that would be a great time to get a new puppy because I'll have all this free time on my hands and I can be home all day. And it, that dog is exhausting. She's asleep on the couch behind me right now, and I'm, I'm hoping she'll stay quiet through all the recording. Uh, but she is exhausting. So I haven't had time to play much with tech either in terms of getting things going. Um, what, kind what kind of dog is she, if I can ask? She is a 14-week-old purebred German Shepherd, uh, sable German Shepherd. We, had a, we lost our 15-year-old pet uh, back in late October. Uh, and she was part German Shepherd and part Australian Ridgeback. Uh, but this one, we had done a whole series of uh, rescue dogs, and this one we decided to get from a breeder who also trains uh, police and protection dogs and uh, for the military and such. Not that we're concerned about that. We wanted an, a nice, good family trainable uh, pet, and, but she is a handful. And uh, I'm enjoying her. And then you have these moments where you really know that the animal is bonding with you and looks up at you. And you know that it's about your they're giving you the attention. And then other times it's like I have removed the cabinet knobs off of the cabinets in my den. Uh, So the dog has nothing to chew on other than the things that we give her as replacements. So. Um, I wanted to bring to attention because of the the issue I had with having to reload a lot of um, software uh, with the clean sweep that I had. Um, an app that I have had for a while, but I haven't really used as much. There is a service actually; it's an app, but it it provides a service called SetApp. And it is a service that uh, there's an educational discount for $6 a month if you do an annual subscription, but it's generally $10 a month for non-educational settings or not educational subscriptions. But it's really quite a cool service. Have you heard about it, Eric? Has it it gone into your, it's not a a Windows-based service from what I can tell. I haven't, Um, no, and I think that's probably why. Yeah, it appears to be just just for Mac users. But what it has is a collection of about 100 different apps that if you're doing a lot of things with your Mac, set app will give you a cafeteria of apps that you can load. And you can load as many as you want. That's part of the service. And you get to use them, of course, as long as you have the service. So 
There were some apps that I was using even before I found the service, like Rapid Weaver for web development and PDF Pen, which is a, a great app for PDF work and PDF editing. And, and when I get students' papers or dissertations, I ask them to send them to me in PDF, and then I can use PDF Pen to do editing directly into the document and send it back to them. There were other things like Clean My Mac, which is a, a great cleaner for uh, the stuff that, that the garbage that starts to build up on your Mac uh, internally and system-wide. Bartender, um, you lit, Bartender is a, is a menu bar app that allows you to collect icons under one area so you can organize your, your uh, menu bar icons. And then Cloud Outliner, which is for outlining documents. And, and then Blogo, if you have a blog, it's an app that automatically delivers whatever you create uh, to your blog. So I, I found that I was using a lot of these apps. Some of them I had already purchased. But uh, it was great to have this service, and it particularly became useful to me when uh, my system crashed and I had to reload a bunch. So I, I wound up reloading SetApp. Well, I had the account, so all I did was, was open up the account on the fresh computer and um, establish the, the apps that I wanted instead of going and chasing for other ones. Now, there are hundreds, uh, there's a hundred apps to choose from. So over this break, while I was trying to do some editing and do some screen capturing, they had a, a program on there, they're called Capto. And so I went ahead and grabbed that uh, app. So as, as projects come up, I'll jump to set up to see if anything's in there um, that will help me with what I'm doing on a new project. So I know uh, a, a lot of people kind of shirk at subscription services, but that's the way a lot of apps are going nowadays. It, it seems to be worth its value. I started with uh, SetApp probably when they had maybe 40 or 50 apps. So they keep adding apps to the till, and now it's kind of hit the tipping point where it's very much worth uh, the subscription for that service. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of plugging that one away for people to take a look at. They have a, a, a two-week trial, so you can try it on and see if you find value in it. At least uh, try it for two weeks and see. I was actually just taking a look while you were talking, Marty, and, and I'm a little bit disappointed that they don't have a, a PC version. And I'm wondering if there's something analogous out there. I'm going to have to take a look and, and see what I can find. Take a look at it and see if you find something like that for the, for the next show. Uh, but this was a lifesaver for me, um, having to reload and reinstall everything. Yeah, I, I remember the days of having like a stack of disks on my desk and reformatting my hard drive and reloading Windows and then going through those one by one to reinstall each program that I wanted to have, looking for all the activation codes and whatever. And, you know, now there's so much out there that it's so much simpler and it really does feel like like a cleanse. And you, and you can tell how your system runs, you know, once once you've had the opportunity to do that. A crash is not always a bad thing as long as you you have everything backed up where you need it to be. And that's where I think SetApp sounds like it's really helpful. So I think that's it for this week's show. If listeners want to get involved, you can get involved like EJ does. Give us a call on our hotline or message line 937-756-5140 and leave a message for us that uh, or a question that you have for us. Maybe you're trying to figure something out with technology or you just have an idea to share that we can talk about on the show. You can also email us at the Network at gmail.com. 
And we're part of the uh, Pod Talk Network. Uh, the show links and information will be on the podtalk.net website. We're also developing some new shows Grad School Deconstructed and Supervision Time. Uh, grad School Deconstructed is about anybody who's trying to work their way through graduate school. And Supervision Time is a program that is about folks who are doing clinical supervision and want ideas and ways in which to do that. Also, there's the, the sort of the flagship show, the faculty meeting, and of course, the Tech Savvy Professor podcast um, that you're listening to right now. That's it for today's show, Eric. Sure, yeah. I want to thank everyone for listening and for subscribing to the Tech Savvy Professor podcast. Uh, you can find us by searching iTunes for the Tech Savvy Professor. Look for us on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music, and on Twitter at pod underscore network. Please keep the positive reviews coming for the show. We love them, and it's, it's really the best payback we can get and, and bring others to the show. Uh, we want to thank you for listening, and you're getting savvier by the minute. 